everyone, my name is Carla Macias with RCR Wireless News and welcome back for another edition of Inside Telecom Careers. On last week's episode, we discussed fiber splicing training for CWA and IBEW union members. On today's show, we'll be focusing on CWA telecom training and tie wraps. More when we return after this break. Comscope, thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. I'm joined today by Jeff Mucci, CEO of RCR Wireless News. Now, Jeff, on recent shows, you've been discussing training a lot. Can you kind of give us a little recap? Sure. Well, Carla, thanks for having me today. It's great to see you. you know, today I'm in New Orleans, uh, uh, a city that has uh, one of the more advanced distributed antenna systems uh, in town. We toured this several months ago and uh, got some great footage. You got to check it out on our YouTube channel. But uh, we are indeed talking about training over the past couple of weeks. We were in New York, we were in New York City and uh, we met with Hugh O'Kane, who runs one of the largest electrical contractors in New York City. They've been building out um, networks for Verizon, they've been building out networks, fiber networks and DAS networks for some of the largest companies in New York City. He has over 300 uh, trained electricians, many of whom are specialized in fiber. Uh, we had JP Jones on the show a couple weeks ago from Safety LMS, and he talked about uh, the National Wireless Safety Alliance and some of the new programs they're launching. Uh, last week, we spoke with APT College, which is actually a certified union uh, training college, and they specialize in telecom training. Uh, this week, we're going to be focused on TIRAP, and uh, um, we're just excited about the opportunity to talk about training, which is desperately needed in the industry. We've got an aging workforce. We've got rapidly changing and complex technology, and uh, we, we need new members to come into the workforce. And Jeff, what impact has training had on union members? That's a great question. Uh, I think it's important to note that the wireline industry, telecom wireline industry, has been unionized for a long time. The wireless industry, however, is not uh, unionized. And, and based upon my interviews with Hugh O'Kane in New York City a couple weeks ago and my conversations with APT uh, College, uh, the, the training benefits of um, uh, uh, for the union members really come down to two things. One, you have a qualified workforce. Number two, you have a clear career path. And when I talk about qualified qualified workforce, I'll give you an example. Uh, to be a, a journeyman uh, in the union electrical journeyman, you have to have five years of apprenticeship. So when you're a journeyman and you're hired, you, you're qualified and, and you're tested and you're credentialed in the work that you're doing. And then from a career development standpoint, if you're a journeyman, you can get additional specialization and training and, and, and credentials and earn additional money and have a clear career path. As Whereas in the wireless industry, wireless infrastructure in particular, we really haven't had that type of um, certification and, and uh, roadmap training for our employees. So we have a great guest joining us today, CEO of PCIA, Jonathan Adelstein. Now, Jeff, can you kind of share us a little bit of Jonathan's background and some of the points y'all will be discussing today? Sure, well, Jonathan uh, worked in the Senate, then he was uh, appointed by George Bush uh, to the Federal Communication Commission. He served there for seven years. And then Obama elected him to uh, run the rural utility services. He joined uh, PCI roughly three years ago. 
and one of his first initiatives there was to commission a white paper on uh, wireless infrastructure and the impact wireless infrastructure will have on jobs and economic growth. And that report, as I recall, uh, uh, predicted 1.2 trillion uh, growth in uh, GNP and over a million new jobs. Uh, more recently, he held a wireless workforce panel at the PCI show earlier this year. And then um, he's involved with the DOL and the TIRAP program, which we're gonna talk about. Uh, last week, he was actually at the White House with 60 companies and a number of uh, government agencies, including the Department of Labor and Veteran Affairs, uh, focusing on what this apprenticeship and what this TIRAP program, what they're gonna look like and what the industry needs in terms of developing a qualified workforce for the future. And how do you think TIRAP has impacted the telecommunications industry? No, that's a good question. I think it remains to be seen. You've got a couple new initiatives, uh, TIRAP being one of them. TIRAP stands for Telecom Industry uh, Registered Apprentice Program. And I think the, it'll remain to be seen what that word apprentice means. Um, but it's really just getting off the ground. And the meeting at the White House last week was really talking about what this credential program will look like. Uh, how does the programs like Wireless uh, Warriors for Wireless, what does that look like? So um, I think it's too early to tell. There's some competing uh, programs out there, National Wireless Safety Alliance that's uh, supported by the National uh, Association of Tower Records. So you've got kind of two different programs that are kicking off right now. Uh, one of the primary drivers of, of these, these programs are based to some degree on the tower fatalities we've had over the past couple of years, which point to a lack of qualified people climbing towers. And when you look at the, the future of the wireless infrastructure industry, uh, we're going to continue to see growth in the macro networks, but more importantly, we're going to see extreme growth in these small cell deployments, and we simply don't have enough qualified people. Now, Jeff, you had an interview earlier this week with Jonathan Adelstein. Now we're going to take a look at it. Thank you very much, Carla. Thank you. Uh, this is Jeff Mucci with RCR Wireless News, and today we're with Jonathan Adelstein, who's CEO of PCI, the Wireless Infrastructure Association. Jonathan, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jeff. So you joined PCI roughly three years ago, is that right? That's right. And for, um, for those who may not know your background, why don't you give us a little snapshot of what you did before joining PCI? Well, I spent many years in the U.S. government, first uh, in the United States Senate, culminating in work with the Senate Majority Leader. Later, I moved to the Federal Communications Commission, where I was appointed by President Bush, uh, for nearly seven years. And after that, I was appointed by President Obama to run an agency uh, called the Rural Utility Service, which is the old Rural Electrification Administration. We oversaw loans and grants for electric and, and telecom programs. Well, you have been on a roll about wireless infrastructure being an economic driver, not only for GDP, but also for jobs. Um, you started with a report back in 2003 on wireless infrastructure. Uh, the report said that um, the infrastructure would generate 1.2 trillion in economic activity and over a, a million jobs. Uh, a couple, I guess a couple months ago at the wireless infrastructure show, you had a wireless workforce panel, which I thought was one of the best panels I've seen at PCI in, in the past couple of years. And then finally, you're at the White House last week. So why don't we start with what was this White House thing all about? Well, it goes back to that study of, about jobs and economic growth. The administration is very keenly aware that broadband creates economic growth like nothing else. For every sector of the economy, our industry actually feeds productivity, efficiency, jobs, and, and, and economic uh, development. So with that in mind, we are trying to make sure we have a workforce that's trained and ready to go to 
work and get these networks built right, get them built safely and get it done right the first time in an efficient mm -hmm. and cost-effective manner. So the White House wants to make sure that we are on track with that. We've had enormous support from the government for our efforts to train veterans, displaced workers, and make sure that people have uh, apprenticeships so they can do this work. So the White House hosted an event which involved virtually every sector of our economy. The entire e ecosystem of wireless was there. We had carriers and equipment manufacturers, the infrastructure owners and developers, the construction companies and turf vendors, uh, the services firms, all top executives from 60 different companies in our industry to talk about how are we going to train the wireless workforce in the future? How are we going to make sure that we have the resources we need to build out these networks as they get more and more complex, as we get more antennas closer to the end user, there's more opportunities for harmful interference. And I think that we came up with a consensus that there needs to be a real concerted, organized effort to improve the quality of our workforce. So what were some of the specific um, uh, actions or outcomes from that uh, event? You know, what, what's the industry tasked with doing or what's the White House tasked with doing? Well, the White House brought together all kinds of different federal agencies that are our partners in assisting us in getting this job done. They brought the Department of Defense to talk about how we get veterans who are currently uh, perhaps serving in the military while they're serving, they're able to be basically stationed at one of our companies. They could be stationed at a, a tower company, for example, doing work while on the federal payroll, but being trained to climb towers, to install DAS systems, whatever it might be that we're trying to get them to do. We had the Veterans Affairs Department talking about how we can leverage the GI Bill, basically to pay for training. So instead of it being paid for by our companies, it can be paid for by Uncle Sam and getting us the best possible workers, which are our veterans who already may have some training, they have leadership capabilities, they're safety conscious, they work well in teams, they follow protocols. These are just the kind of people we want in our industry. We had the Department of Labor, which is helping us with developing apprenticeship programs for our industry. Again, bringing all kinds of opportunities and grants and tax credits to employers. So the federal government could be our partner in this, but we also need to take it upon ourselves to develop these programs, to develop world-class curricula that is basically taking all the best of what's available today, putting it together and putting it back out to the industry. Well, uh, again, earlier this year uh, at PCI Wireless Infrastructure Show, you had the uh, Wireless Workforce Panel. And during that panel, I think you had someone from Veteran Affairs, you had someone from uh, TIRAP, you had uh, a gentleman from Black and & Beach. And what caught my attention was this uh, TIRAP Apprentice Program. Um, but uh, uh, so let's talk about TIRAP. You know, what is it? TIRAP is a joint venture, really, between a lot of top wireless companies, uh, PCIA, and the Department of Labor, where we have a program in place to credential positions in the wireless industry so that folks know exactly what are the qualifications you need to be a Tower Tech 1 or 2 or to be an antenna line foreman or to be a, you know, a broadband technician. Whatever it might be, we are going to go throughout the industry all the way up and down the chain, uh, including small cells and DAS, RF engineering, site acquisition, the entire ecosystem of our industry can be very specific about what it takes to have one of these positions. And then in, in the wake of that, we, we can have training programs that are targeted 
to actually meet uh, the demands of those particular positions that we credential through through the uh, TIRAP program. Well, the word apprentice is a prominent in the in the title, um, which I think, uh, you know, I've been involved in the industry for 20 years, and I've always wondered why we didn't have a more formal apprentice program. Um, talk about that word apprentice and, 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 and how you see the role of an apprentice developing as, as part of these training programs. Well, it's something that's worked very successfully in other countries. You know, we don't always like to emulate uh, Europe, but in fact, in terms of job training, they're, they're somewhat ahead of us. I mean, they, they have developed uh, on-the-job training opportunities like apprenticeships. They've developed uh, a, a real formal network for people working up through vocational training so that they can, they can do the job well. You know, other industries have more established uh, career paths. You think about electricians or plumbers. That industry, those industries have been around for, for you know, decades, if not uh, over a century. And they've evolved very slowly in terms of technology. Our industry grew up relatively overnight. As a result, we don't have in place those kind of mechanisms. We don't have that kind of clear path in the industry. And as our technology is changing much more quickly than those industries, we also have to keep pace with that. The educational system in America hasn't kept pace either. I mean, because, you know, since the advent of the iPhone, we've had just seven years now. Mm -hmm. There's a huge increase in the in the networks that we've had to build to keep pace with the capacity needs. And as the RF environment gets more and more complex, our workers have had to learn on the job without yeah. often formal training, often internal training, which can be very good. But why shouldn't our industry work together? All the different companies that are providing training programs can basically work together to create, uh, you know, the, the best of class, if you will, in training to collaborate on training so that our overall workforce grows. Mm -hmm. Instead of having to poach one company from another, we can bring in a whole new uh, bunch of fresh blood, ideally you know, veterans and, and diverse communities that can reinvigorate industry, creating a pool of really qualified candidates that come in here with a basis of knowledge about the RF environment in which they're working, about uh, safety standards and, and OSHA, so that when they arrive, they're being trained preferably, you know, on the government dime to some extent and ready to do better work in our industry so that the work gets done right the first time. I mean, you know, Jeff, there's this huge uh, amount of rework that's being done. I think it's an mm -hmm. untold secret in our industry that we talk to people, maybe 25 to 35% of the work that's being done isn't being done right the first time. And some projects need to be completely redone. And we don't have the capacity anymore. I mean, uh, there's a lot of pressure with the price war going on in our industry, uh, margins being compressed, um, ARPU going down even as data use goes up, we don't have a dime to waste. We need to get this job done very cost effectively. And I think the carriers are going to demand that. Best way to get that done is make sure that our workers have the tools they need to be trained to do the job right the first time. And what, what do you, we have a, the industry has a tower climbing certification program today. What's wrong with the existing program is my first question. And then secondly, why, have, why do you think we haven't had apprentice programs in the past? Well, there really isn't an industry-wide certification. There are different companies that do it, and there's some very good companies that are doing that work that provide, I think, uh, you know, certifications that mean something in the industry. Mm -hmm. And yet they're not uh, standardized across the board. Uh, the, the training that goes into them differs from company to company. And, you know, it might be that we can draw on all of that work that's been done by these companies to 
see what, what they're doing. We actually want to work with these private training uh, companies that are doing good work to be the real, uh, you know, workhorses of getting the training done. Uh, there aren't that many folks that are as good as these folks to, to do the work that needs to be done to get people trained and train the trainers so we can have even more programs available. So we'll build on everything that's been done uh, in the industry, all the certifications that exist, and make sure that we can uh, continue to improve upon them, to uh, standardize them, and so that the industry really knows what it's getting. When an employer hires somebody, they'll know exactly what their qualifications are for the job that they have uh, an agreed-upon definition for. And again, I go back to the, the title, Tyrap. It has the word apprentice in it, but the industry, the sailor industry, has been around for 30 years. Why do you think we haven't had an apprentice program? When, when in fact, the wireline world has had apprentice programs for, you know, decades. Well, again, I think we've grown up rather quickly here. I mean, the industry is, uh, is relatively new, and we are trying to jumpstart that effort. I mean, it, we are going to have one. We do have a program now. I mean, TIRAP is, is up and running. It's credentialed some positions, uh, including tower technician, and, and we're planning on doing more in the very near future. So we are behind the curve a little bit, but we're going to be ahead of the curve before long because we're showing the leadership through PCIA, through TIRAP, to, to get that job done. I mean, one thing employers may or may not realize is a lot of benefits come with apprenticeships. Uh, there's, there's Workforce um, Investment Opportunity Act funds for, for training. There's federal financial aid uh, for apprentices. There are tax credits in some states that go with uh, DOL-approved apprenticeship programs. Mm-hmm. EI bill funding, again, to, to make sure that uh, folks can use and leverage veterans' uh, training programs, Pell Grants. All of a sudden, we're going to open ourselves to a whole array of benefits to leverage all that's available in order to, to make sure we can, we can accelerate uh, this training and accelerate it very cost-effectively. What's the relationship between the Department of Labor and PCI, and ultimately, who's driving the, the ship? Is it PCI or is it DOL? Well, well, DOL made very clear at the uh, White House Summit that this is an employer-driven effort. Uh, this is something that is really a management-driven effort. Uh, it's something that really can make sure that management gets what it needs and is controlled by management. Now, DOL certifies it to make sure that it, it's rigorous, but believe me, I mean, we have every incentive to make sure that it's rigorous and clear and, and does the job. So DOL is actually thrilled with what we're doing. Good. DOL has noted, you know, this is really one of the first industries that's done a, a training, uh, an apprenticeship initiative that's uh, multi-employer. We have cooperation across the industry with carriers and uh, tower companies involved, as well as, of course, our, our trade association, PCIA, all working uh comprehensively. This is something they see as a model for other industries. So we've gone from being behind the curve to being really ahead of the curve and being a a model uh, apprenticeship program across the industry. Are the apprentice programs and training programs limited to tower climbing only? No, we are planning to go throughout the entire ecosystem uh, to small cell and gas installation, broadband technicians, uh, you know, all of the different RF engineering and design work that needs to be done, uh, SIDAC, uh, project management, um, you name it. And, you know, we're, for example, in project management, we'll be able to bring in uh, officers from the military that are experienced mm-hmm. at running large-scale deployments overseas or in the United States uh, and, and making sure that they're able to translate the project management skills they have from the military into the specific context of 
of the wireless industry. So this is we're going to credential hopefully uh, you know twenty to thirty different positions across the across the entire uh, ecosystem. And what do you see as some of the key milestones for deploying TyRap over the next twelve months? Well, we're trying to get uh, more positions credentialed as quickly as we can. We're trying to get more companies signed up to uh, to do the program. We already have uh, a number that are that are signed up. Um, we we want to make sure that the committees and the SMEs or the subject matter experts uh, are working with us to make sure that they're getting what they want, that they're getting these positions defined the way they want to. And as I said, this is an industry-driven exercise and it's by the industry and for the industry. So we're going to get out of it what we put into it. And to Mm -hmm. the degree that we can get um, our employers to provide uh, expert guidance to our committees, be it the, uh, the safety committee, quality committee, or the educational committee, I'm running the communications committee. We'll be able to uh, get that program moving quicker. And we've got an enormous uh, influx of interest from the White House Summit and people agreeing to participate and to contribute uh, their SMEs to this effort. Where does wireless uh, for warriors fit in? And you've also got a new initiative at PCI around uh, technology roadmap uh, committee. Where do those two programs fit into, I guess, PCI's vision for TIRAP? Well, we're the, uh, the key industry partner for Warriors for Wireless, which is founded specifically to bring veterans into our industry and to give them the training that they need to hit the ground running. And it's already uh, either placed or trained 700 veterans that are uh, moving into our industry. And they are really key because, as I said, I think there's nobody better qualified than veterans for our industry. Uh, in terms of the Innovation Technology Council, we have a, a group that we founded. Uh, Jake McLeod is helping to run from... Graybeard's Consulting, and that's, that's going to fit in. Again, we have a number of our members that are agreeing and running the, the committees there to look at things like um, how 5G is going to be rolled out in terms of street furniture and small cells mm-hmm. and mass. That will uh, inform our efforts as to where the industry workforce needs are going in the future. Got it. Well, uh, you've done some incredible work, uh, uh, Jonathan. I've followed you since um, uh, you joined PCI, and I've just really admired what you've been uh, trying to create. And uh, I'm a firm believer in that wireless infrastructure is an economic driver, and I think the mobile industry is certainly not going away. And I think we're probably in the second or third inning in terms of getting a true robust wireless infrastructure in place that's going to support things like connected cars and the IoT infrastructure. Um, so I'll give you the last word. You know, what do you see as the next uh, uh, two to three years, um, the big trends from a wireless infrastructure standpoint? Well, you know, uh, the big trends are that uh, the revenues are not really keeping pace with the data growth. I mean, if there's an issue here, it's that consumers have seen their uh, use of data increase by 12 times over the last uh, five or six years, but they're revenue per user to the to the companies that are doing the work, the carriers, has actually declined over that period. So consumers are getting a lot more for less. And there's a price war going on. At some point, consumers are going to have to pay a little bit more for what they get if they want to continue to have their, their, their data grow as Cisco's predicting 700% over the next mm-hmm. over the next five years. That means that, you know, carrier CapEx, while I think it's going to stay on track because they have to keep pace with it, has to be deployed extremely efficiently, which is one of the reasons that we see the need for job training to make sure that we have a labor force that can work cost efficiently and effectively uh, is critical to meet this need because 
it's hard to grow these CapEx budgets. It's already a huge uh, sort of uh, commitment by our carrier members. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure those dollars are spent wisely to get the bang for the buck, to get these networks optimized, to get uh, the work done right, to get it done safely, because otherwise we're going to have uh, OSHA regulation that's going to really be, I think, intrusive. If we can take care of it for ourselves as an industry, which is what we are engaged in doing, then we can uh, keep the regulators at bay and keep our workforce safe and keep our, uh, our, our jobs done right. So that is sort of the long-term issue. And in order to meet those data needs, I think we're going to move towards more and more antennas closer to the end user, right. more small cells, uh, DAS, taking things both indoor and outdoor, targeted capacity solutions to where they're needed most. And that means that more macros, uh, wherever there's a tower that has space on it, we're going to see more and more lease-ups, I expect, which is going to be good overall for the industry. And I think give the, the wireless infrastructure industry the continued um, capital needs to invest in these newer networks where the where the business model hasn't quite gelled yet and we're still trying to figure out exactly where the rubber meets the road on these smaller uh these smaller cells uh we'll, we'll find out more about that of course we have our show coming up uh, the headnet expo in los angeles october 27th and 28th where again the carriers and the oems and the and the infrastructure companies and the systems integrators all get together to try to figure out where we're going to drive this going forward well, thanks for your time today, Jonathan. We do look forward to seeing the HetNet Expo in Los Angeles. I uh, can't uh, appreciate enough of your time today. Thank you. We love the work RCR is doing, too. Read it every day. Thank you. And that'll wrap up another episode of Inside Telecom Careers. Thank you to Jeff Mucci and Jonathan Adelstein for joining us on today's episode. For more information or to check out more videos, head on over to www.rcrwireless.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Inside Telecom Careers is a production of RCR TV News. To reach Jeff Mucci or to suggest a show topic for Inside Telecom Careers, you can reach him at jmucci at rcrwireless.com. For all telecom-related news and information, please visit rcrwireless.com. To connect with the industry's top talent, please visit telecomcareers.net.